Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Rep. You're here with Spring and Andrew, your favorite sex personalities on the internet, answering any questions that you have about sex or relationships, or really, we're happy to talk with you about anything. How are you doing today, Spring? I'm great, and I'm so excited that we are finally at the end of October, because October has been our month to talk about scary things, and let me tell you, it's been scary. Scary (laughs) thing. Sometimes I, I live in this weird, weird sex bubble where I'll talk about anything at any time and I get excited to talk about it and there's nothing taboo and there's nothing off topic and there's nothing scary. Um, and I hope the more that people listen to our show that they can eventually slide into that same space where they just become normal human conversations that happen to normal people get it slide in. Yeah. Slide in. <laughs> yeah. Anything going on in your life today? Um, no. <laughs> no. Um, it's my friend's birthday. And actually, I have um, three friends that have birthdays this week that I'm um, doing actually a lot of birthday celebrating. I made a cake last night and I have a lot of um, festivities I need to attend this week for some people that I love. So yeah, lots of that. Lots of those October birthdays. When were people having sex to have a baby in October? January babies. Nothing else yep. to do. It's cold outside. Yeah, lots of. I think September and October are the most common birth months because people are like sitting around. There's all the holidays, so you don't go to work, so you're at home, so you're more likely to have sex. And then uh, it's cold and crappy in many parts of the country, not where I am. Uh, so you're more likely to have sex, and you end up with this like glut of babies. Like I never <laughs> felt special. I'm a September birthday, and like everybody else is also a September birthday. Like I went out after work with three other people who have birth days in the same week. So October, September people, happy birthday to you. And thank you, Spring, for celebrating <laughs> your birthdays. Um, this has nothing to do with our question for today. I don't think, birthday, <laughs> I think birthdays are very, very scary. Once you hit a certain age, you're like, yikes. Is that really no. the number? Oh, I, I used to like make fun of people who are like, I'm 29. I'm like, you are obviously 35. And then they were 40 and they're like, I'm 29. And now I'm like, I totally get why you said you were 29. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, all right. Back on topic for today. Um, we have a lot of questions that have come in uh, over the last couple years about issues surrounding safer sex and issues around condoms. And um, we have a, a question this week that sort of bring those together where the condom broke. What do I do? Mm, scary. Scary. See? I th- scary I, I, topics. I, I think this is scary. <laughs> and, and I think it hits most people eventually at some point, too. Um like, what happens if you're gay and the condom breaks? What happens if you're heterosexual and the condom breaks? What happens if you're a lucky lesbian and the condom breaks? That, that question's a little bit different. Um, lucky lesbians and condom breaks doesn't really happen too frequently, but it can. Um, bisexual people, it can break in any situation with any person. Um, but, I mean, it looks a little bit different depending on the kind of relationship that you're in uh, as well. So there's like a lot of what if sort of surrounding it. So I think we should just sort of like jump in and start talking about the biggest scary parts and then talk about those, whether someone's gay, bi, lesbian, somewhere else. 
We're looking at a lot of scary parts, but all of these things do depend on your sexual orientation and what type of sex you're having and where the sex was occurring, right? So a lot of times we kind of assume when someone says the condom broke help, you know, we're kind of thinking like penis in that vagina sex. Um, and we're thinking about pregnancies and we're thinking about sexually transmitted infections, sexually transmitted diseases. Um, but that might not be the case, right? So we could also be talking about, you know, if someone was ejaculating into an anus or it could be, um, any, it could be a flavored condom someone was using for oral sex, or we could even lump in dental dams, you know, in this group of, um, barrier protective things that could have broken. And so. Let, we're going to kind of talk through all of these things and we're going to talk through like, um, what do we do in each of these instances? Yeah. Uh, and the one I think that comes up most frequently when someone talks to you, like when my friends or students or listeners is a uh, help the condom broke. Am I pregnant? Um, and I think that, that for a lot of women, especially that comes to mind is like this number one concern. So what do you do when the condom breaks in this case? Spring is kind of grimacing at me at this moment. She's like, oh, Yeah. Um, yeah, but pregnancy is a real concern and it's one of the primary reasons that people engage in using condoms. I think more people use condoms to prevent pregnancy than STIs or STDs. Um, when this happens, there is something that's available that works really well. I think we have a whole episode about how to use it too. Um, when a condom breaks, there's this beautiful, beautiful pill called the morning after pill and you can pick it up at CVS or Walgreens or even many grocery stores at this point, um, for, 40 to $100, depending on the kind, the brand, the state. Um, and you take the pill and it significantly reduces the overall risk of pregnancy, right? So the condom broke, oh my gosh, am I going to be pregnant? And the answer is if you can get access to the morning after pill, most likely not. It's like 95-ish percent effective if you take it within the first 12 to 24 hours after um, the condom would have broken. And so... What's important to know about the morning after pill, or it's also called emergency contraception, is that it's only working to prevent a pregnancy. And that's why it's most effective the sooner you take it. So, you know, if you wait two days, um, then it's possible that the sperm could have already reached the egg. And so then it wouldn't actually abort that pregnancy if that had already occurred. So it would it only is working to prevent them. So that's why it's important that you try to take it as soon as possible after the condom breaks. And so in this instance, um, you can take the morning after pill up until 72 hours, but it's going to decrease the whole time. <laughs> it's decreasing right. in effectiveness, right? So the sooner, the better. <laughs> I mean, something that I say to my friends uh, and like, anybody who asks me about it, you are better off talking to a healthcare provider and then having them write you um, a script for morning after pills or emergency contraception and having your health insurance pay for it and just having it just in case that situation arises. Um, you can buy it over the counter, but it is more effective to take, it's most effective when taken within 12 hours afterwards. And often when condoms break, you know, it's late at night or people have been, you know, drinking or partying or dancing or whatever they were doing in the night and they might be tired or unable to get to a place. Or in many parts of the world, you don't have access to 24 hour pharmacies. So you're actually better off just having it on hand if you're somebody who's engaging in the kind of sex where there's a penis and a vulva, um, just having some in case something happens to really take some of that stress and strain and anxiety off of 
what happens when the condom breaks. But morning after pill, you want to take it as soon as possible after. And like Spring said, it is not an abortificant. It does not cause an abortion. It is different from the abortion pill, completely separate. And people often confuse the two of them. Morning after pill is actually just a large dose of the same hormones that we use in hormonal birth control to help prevent pregnancy. Um, It is not an abortion pill does not cause an abortion. And if someone is already pregnant and they take it, it has no impact on that pregnancy. And another thing, um, just to bring up that Andrew was saying, you know, get a prescription for it if you can in advance, which means that your health insurance would cover the cost of it. But um, you could also just buy one over the counter and have it at your house also. So like the the idea of planning ahead and having it around your house, I think is a great one because then if it occurs, you can take it immediately and it's going to be very effective if you can take it as soon as the um, accident occurs, right? So I think, you know, whether you're able to get a prescription and have one around the house or just go buy one over the counter and have it around your house, either way, that's going to be a great way to make sure that you have some peace of mind in case something like this happens to you. And men can get it too. Like anybody can go to a pharmacy and buy a pack. So if you're a man and you really are trying to take some control and agency over sexuality and reproduction, this is one of those spaces where you can get in and make sure that you have this available if an accident occurs. You wouldn't be able to force your partner to take it, but if they wanted to take it, you could say, well, I happen to have some here so we don't have to wait until the store opens to go get some. Right. Absolutely. No coercion involved. You should be having those conversations about what to do if a condom breaks or there's an unintended pregnancy before having sex. Anyway. All right. Well, we need to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to keep talking about what to do if the condom breaks. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the episode, everybody. Today, we're answering the question, help, what can I do? The condom broke. Um, And we've been talking a lot about pregnancy, but I think maybe we should shift to the other scary conversation that sits around condoms breaking. (gasps) Are you talking about STIs and STDs? Oh my. Yeah, STIs, STDs. And I think we should break them into two or three separate categories, really. Um, Number one, there's HIV. um, And to prevent the spread of HIV, we have the, once again, there's this miracle pill, uh, we call it PEP or post-exposure prophylaxis. And uh, what happens is as soon as you can after the condom breaks, you would talk to a a medical provider, healthcare provider. You can even go to like a little minute clinic. Um, And what they do is they prescribe for you a course of the same sort of drugs that we use to prevent um, HIV with PrEP. And we have an episode on that as well. And you take those for a month and essentially your chance, if you take them the entire course, Um, your chances of contracting HIV drop to almost 0%. They're incredibly effective. There aren't a lot of side effects. You just get them as soon as possible afterwards and you take the course and that's it. And um, we talk about PrEP, which is the pill that you would be taking every day to prevent HIV. Um, That's in episode 11, if you want to go back and listen to that. And PEP is um, what you would take 
in the morning after instance that we're talking about here. And so um, that's the only STI or STD that there's a pill that you can take the morning after that can help prevent it. So if, yeah, if a condom breaks, if there is some sort of um, instance that you're worried that you didn't have some conversations that you might have meant to have with someone about STIs or STDs in advance, then you can go ahead and um, get to a doctor and get PEP so that you don't have to worry about HIV. Right. And it's one pill a day for 28 days. So, all right. So HIV, I mean, HIV is in its own class, but we've done so much research and we have medications available that essentially the risk of that very, very low. Um, but then there's the whole other list of STIs. And we have bunches of episodes about them. But what do you do when the condom breaks for bacterial? What do you do for viral? And then there's other kinds of uh, uh, STDs, STIs that we can talk about too. So, all right. So if we look at overall all of these STIs, I usually break them into bacterial and viral. Um, so we have HIV. We deal with that with PrEP. If the condom breaks, you should get yourself checked for STIs. But just like pregnancy, you can't check right away. Typically, you have to wait about two weeks to check for bacterial STIs and about a month to check for most of the viral STIs. So if you do have sex with somebody and you think that there's the risk of contracting an STD or an STI, um, you have to wait a couple weeks and you have to make an appointment. So about two weeks, you can test for gonorrhea and chlamydia. And then after about a month, you can test for most of the virals and for syphilis. And that's if there are no signs or symptoms. Um, because often, um, if you're not asymptomatic, after a couple weeks, you're going to start showing some signs of infections of those anyway. But we don't pre-treat them. We don't have something like PEP for bacterial or viral STIs. And we're going to put a link in the show notes that has um, a screening timetable that shows um, for the different infections, how long you have to wait until it will show up in the screening test, and then also how long it might be before you would experience any symptoms. Um, and that screening timetable can be very comforting actually to like, to know like, okay, like this is when I might expect symptoms, but symptoms are not a reliable way of testing, right? Because symptoms don't always appear for different infections. So you can um, put your mind at peace though. Like if you have some symptom right away and then you're thinking it might be because of something, it's probably not, but you can check the screening timetable to see like when symptoms might normally occur. And then also when you can go get tested for those different things and make sure that um, you know your status. And what I think makes the most sense is to like get tested a couple of weeks after the event. And then um, again, like a month after the event so that you are able to kind of put yourself um, at a little more ease, but then you are um, getting kind of a baseline. And that first one will help you know about any of the bacterial infections. And then that second time when you go um, a month after the event will help you be sure that um, you also know your status for any of the viral STIs or STDs. You've taken the morning after pill, you've gotten a course of PEP, you've gotten an STI check two weeks out, you've gone back a month later for a viral. If you're somebody who has ovaries and there is semen, you've done a pregnancy test. Um, there's a lot of testing that goes on. And <laughs> these are all tests that you want to fail most of the time, right? You don't want to uh, fail or pass? Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, let's see. So I also think it's really important to say to reduce people's anxiety, the vast majority of time when the condom breaks, right, um, you're going to be fine. 
like the anxiety surrounding the event is because of those unknowns. But if you take the steps that we've been talking about, you can protect yourself. You can protect yourself from an unwanted or unplanned pregnancy. You can protect yourself from HIV. You can get tested and then get STIs treated because we have great treatments for almost all of those STIs out there. Hopefully you've gotten an HPV vaccine so you don't have to worry about HPV infection. Like there's, there's, there's so many things that you can do so that if a condom break does happen, you know you'll be fine. Because there's so much anxiety surrounding the topic. Like people are really terrified about this. And sometimes people are paralyzed and they don't want to go to the doctor or they don't want to tell their pharmacist or they don't want to tell a friend or family member that they need some help. Um, And if you take those steps, like we said, you can get that help right away and protect yourself from pregnancy and sexually transmitted infection. How do you prevent this in the future? I think like, I think we should leave with like a happy note. Like, all right, scary <laughs> things happen. You've had some conversations with doctors. You've gotten some prescriptions. Um, but how can you make condoms as effective as possible? And we have an episode that talks about the different steps on putting them on. But I think we can do kind of like a quick reminder before we go. How can you make condoms the best condoms they can be? I mean, one of the things that cause condoms to break is too much friction, right? So if something is really dried out, so if there's not a a lot of lubrication in whatever area you're having sex in, then it's going to be more likely to break. So lube is the answer. And just like uh, we always joke that communication is the answer to most of our questions, lube is the answer to the rest of them. <laughs> so lube is definitely you're going to be your best friend and it's going to reduce um, a lot of instances of condom breaking. So that is um, number one tip. Use more lube. Use condom safe yeah. lube. And make sure, using, use yeah. Water- yeah, I was say, make sure you're using. Yeah, I was going to say, make sure you a condom that works for the kind of condom you're using. Um, right. The second thing is uh, you can buy condoms that fit appropriately, right? Most of the time on the market, we'll see two different kinds of condoms for sale, maybe three different sizes of condoms, but we have like the standard fit condom and then we have the Trojan condom. But when we really look at it, Dicks come in all shapes and sizes, and you're much better off getting a condom that fits you specifically because a condom that fits well is much less likely to break. Um, and there's lots of resources out there before we've talked about it, like different websites that you can go to and get a special penis measuring kit where you can order condoms that are specific for your penis in length and girth. Um, so just, you know, if you're somebody who's have it, having consistent problems with condoms breaking, using lube will help immensely. And that will actually most of the time prevent the condom from breaking. Um, But then making sure that you have high quality condoms that fit condoms that have not sat around in pockets or backpacks for months or years, um, having fresh condoms that aren't expired. Like those are the kind of things that you can do to really make sure that you're not going to have breaks in the future. Anything else that we need to cover about the scary conversation? Well, (laughs) you know, we didn't actually talk about talking to the person that it happened with, speaking of conversations, (laughs) which I think that, you know, you can, you know, when the condom breaks is have a conversation with the person that it broke with, right? And you're still going to want to do these things to protect yourself. um, But having a conversation with the person, asking them when they were last tested, asking them, you know, about um, some of the things that you might be worried about could also help put your mind at ease. And, you know, this person might want to do some of these things with you even. You might want to like go get tested together. You might want to um, go on 
PEP together if neither of you been, have been tested for HIV, right? And so like um, there is some potential that you could ha- um, bring this other person into this and like alleviate some of these concerns in some ways. Um, even if your partner says, I was just tested, I'm still going to recommend that you go ahead and you get tested and make sure that um, they don't have something that they don't know about, right? Because that's always a possibility. Um, But I think that having a conversation with that person is also going to give you a little bit of more peace of mind or can. Yeah. Um, So you're saying communication, like communication. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, I hope that you live long, healthy lives and no condoms break for you and you don't have to have that scary situation happen. But if it does happen, there are some really simple things that you can do to bring that anxiety level down, protect yourself from pregnancy and STIs and protect your partner as well. And you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Um, And if you have any questions about this episode or any other questions about sex or sexual health or relationships, we would love to hear from you. You can email us. We're thesexwrap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W. You can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. And you can send us DMs on any of our social media. We're on Instagram posting sex-positive sexual health information every single day at The Sex Wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too afraid. Music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.